Futuramapedia is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to our podcast. This is episode four, and uh, we've contracted Blurn's Ball Fever today. Blurn! Uh, we're uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the sport of Blurn's Ball and uh, the episode Alila of Her Own, uh, but we have some Futurama news to cover off. Good news, everyone! Well, the Head in the Jar app we have previously mentioned is now available for the Android phone. And also, that's just a nice little thing. I, I saw some screen caps of it, and uh, it actually looks kind of fun because I don't have an updated iPhone. Yeah, I, I tried uh, finding that app on, on the iTunes store, but I couldn't find it. So one, one, next chance I get, I'm going to try and look it up again. Is it called Head in a Jar app or something like that? Yes. You can also get a link from the Comedy Central website, cc.com. It's probably the easiest way. That's an easy website to remember. And the brand new Futurama episode is Wednesday, July 25th. It's called The Six Million Dollar Mon. Fed up with his inferiority to machines, Hermes replaces his body parts with mighty mechanical upgrades. So he basically can become the ultimate bureaucrat. The ultimate bureaucrat. That's not a good thing. <laughs> but for Hermes it is though, right? I mean, that would be why he's feeling inferior to all the machines. I would agree. And you can actually go on the Comedy Central website and see uh, a rough draft of different versions of him. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, there's a, like a marionette version, and then there's a Cyclops version where he has like, the robot eyes. Oh, I'll have to check that out. See, I, I have not paid very much attention to the new episodes and anything. That's uh, Mike's department. So that's it for the good news this week. Well, we're talking about Alila of Her Own today. That's the third season episode number... Number 16, and it's about Leela, who she ends up believing she's a pioneer for women's athletics when she becomes the first female major league Blurnsball player. Ah, the Earthican pastime, Blurnsball. So that uh, we... We decided to talk about Blurns Ball as well today. Yeah, we have Blurns Ball fever for sure. Um, we have I... contracted it yeah. <laughs> along with other things. We, we won't mention, I, I mean, you may notice that I am sick, so I have definitely contracted some sort of disease. And now I'm going to contract a disease from you. Uh, that's gross. Uh, so Blurns Ball is, uh, is basically baseball jazzed up. Yeah, with the... Basically, with the ball tethered to a rubber string, and it seems like a, like a fun way to play it. And uh, we we tried to get uh, a handle on the rules, but they seem to change with every appearance on Futurama. Yeah, it seems that the rules are slightly ambiguous. Yeah, they're they're similar in in, in that they're sort of like baseball, but there's there's more to it that uh, makes it more exciting. And uh, I think we uh, went over some of them, did we? Yeah, there's 
of course, the multi-ball. Oh, yes, where uh, you, if you uh, hit it in the elusive third ball lock, uh, it, it triggers the multi-ball, which is just like a, a pinball. Oh! Oh! Where did they get the idea for that? Oh, uh, well, the, the writers got the idea for because they had pinball machines in, in, the, uh, in the studio, I guess. But uh, as for where in Blurns Ball, if we're talking about where they got the multi-ball idea from, I don't know, but it's uh, a darn good one. Mm -hmm. So that just basically, they shoot a whole bunch of balls from various points in the field. They're like hidden in the They come up from... You know, it's like sprinklers, but they shoot base blurns yeah. balls. Yeah, they're blurns sprinklers, and it's kind of just like a batting cage. Yeah, the batter just hits frantically. So we're trying to figure out how do you incorporate that into the rules? How do you get runs? Yeah, it's not exactly clear, but I'm I'm guessing it with the multi ball, since the base runner then uh, goes on one of the motorcycles, which is according to the producers a Tron light cycle. Uh, he goes around the bases and they explode. So I assume a multi-ball is sort of like a home run, but maybe they get more, they get a chance with the multi-ball to hit more home runs. Ah, uh, I see. Instead of the defense having to play every ball in play. Yeah, well, I guess the defense would have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, do you have all these pot flies and so many catches? And I like, I like what you said, yeah. that they have... X number of chances to get a home run. Yeah, and and you know if the defense misses it, then yeah, you get a home run somewhere along lines. But if you know, get the chance on defense to stop the ball, seems to make sense. No, it doesn't. Sure, it does. Florence ball. It makes perfect sense. It's traditional, just like aluminum bats and the seventh inning grope. So also there is something called the grand slam blurn. So if you hit it into a small hole. In the billboard. Oh yeah, the billboard where they hit it here and win the game billboard. That'd be kind of unfortunate if you're a fan, it's the first inning, and yeah. they hit it here and win. I was just going to say that. What if it happens in like, the first inning? Yeah. Do they just keep playing just for the fun of it? I don't know. It's not fun if you can't win. But uh, it's only a Grand Slam blurn, I believe, if the bases are loaded. I think it's just a blurn if you hit it in the target and win. That makes sense. So either you you still get a grand slam or you. I don't or know. You, get a run. you know, I actually I don't think you can get a grand slam normally unless the ball breaks off the tether. That's and correct. Yeah, because the the tether is precisely measured to be the length of the field or, or whatever. Well, it's elastic, it so I don't even know if it's precisely measured. Yeah, it, it, it's precisely measured with the elasticity incorporated into the formula so that it can't stretch past that. That's why it breaks. Ah, gotcha. And so if you're a really good hitter, then that's, you know, well, if you're a really good hitter, you're probably also on steroids, which are mandatory according to uh, Blinders Ball rules. Which were made, uh, steroids which were made mandatory 
within the last 150 to 200 years or so. Um, mm. Because uh, the professor mentioned Clem Johnson, who was a famous Blurns ball player uh, who played before steroids were mandatory. So it's got to be within the last 150 years or so in the professor's lifetime. Yeah, which, re- which reminds me of a good joke when they go to the Blurns Ball Hall of Fame. Which and is also in uh, Cooperstown, New New York, by the way. And what's Cooperstown? That's oh, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. Of course. The more you know. So they have Mark McGuire's bicep on display, and it's the Huge. size of a big screen TV. Kind of looks like a turtle shell. Yeah, a little They bit. have it in the flexed. Yeah, and uh, so obviously uh, Mark McGuire played lots of Blurns ball. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was, maybe it was the head of Mark McGuire. Yeah, I was gonna say he probably has an arrangement similar to uh, Richard Nixon there, got a robot body. Mm-hmm. They probably like maybe it's like organic, like uh, General Grievous in Star Wars. That's where they get the biceps from. <laughs> that was nerdy. I, I like the robot players that weren't mentioned in Alila of her own. No, they were in Fear of a Bot Planet, which is the first appearance of Blurns Ball in Futurama. Yeah, so there was Wireless Joe Jackson, who was a Blurn hitting machine, and Pitchomat 5000, a modified howitzer. I, you know what's funny about those robot names is that they went to the, like, they went to the trouble of making a, a shoeless Joe Jackson joke with wireless Joe Jackson, and then the, then the uh, Pitch-O-Mat 5000. It's just, that's it. He's a pitching machine. Come on! Let's see some fundamentals out there! <laughs> and not clown fundamentals! So, the Blurns Ball teams that we know of are the Boston Poindexters, the Mars Greenskins, the New New York Mets, and the New New York Yankees, the pituitary, pituitary Giants, the Swedish Meatballs, and the Atlanta Braves. So mm. we'd like to discuss the names because they're kind of neat. Yeah, um, well first, when I came across the Pituitary Giants, I thought that was my favorite name of the teams. And actually I was thinking about it. If, if I had remembered that when we were get, uh, when uh, our softball captain was fielding names for our teams, I would have said, let's go with the Pituitary Giants. That would be good. That would have been good. Although we did go with another graining universe. The yeah, Isotopes. That's pretty good. Topes win. Um, so, so, yeah, the, I like Pituitary Giants because the Pituitary Gland uh, produces the hormones that make you grow up big and strong. Yeah, and it's it's a subtle thing too, you know. It's uh, If you didn't know what it was, then you would just think, oh, it's the new San Francisco Giants. No, it's a, it's a better joke than that. Mm-hmm. Also, a team name that I didn't understand, uh, the Boston Poindexters. Like, I mean, Boston, they're still wearing the same colors as the Red Sox, and they're playing in Fenway Park, home of... The Green Monster, the and which is an actual green monster, not a huge wall, and he plays the organ, and he's kind of ball-shaped. Yeah, he's I huge. wonder if he is a Blurns ball. Uh, a, a mutated Blurns ball. Yeah. But yeah, Poindexter's, I, I mean, well, that kind of means, like, nerd, nerd. nerdy, right? 
Why does Poindexter mean nerd? Is I, it because Dexter is normally kind of a nerdy name? Great show, by the way. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe someone was named Professor Poindexter somewhere along the lines. Or maybe all nerds wear red socks. Boston Red Socks. Could be. Nerds. Uh, what are some other names we got here? The Mars Greenskins. Which mm. is funny because uh, you had mentioned that maybe it's because of the native Mar- Martians there. Skin yeah. color is. I, well, I thought it was green, but isn't it gray? It's, yeah. It's... Yeah, I guess it's just because most of the time, you know, when you think of a Martian, little green men. Yeah, you'd think they would be redskins because it's so hot. Yeah, well, and it's also quite the red planet. The red planet. New New York Mets. Yankees. Yeah, they still suck. Uh, although the Mets are actually doing pretty well. Yeah, apparently in the commentary, they weren't doing well when they were producing this episode. And then when it was pretty much finished, they started doing well. Yeah, they actually went to the World Series this season that this episode aired. Yeah. Um, and actually this year, they're, they're still doing quite well. Which is surprising. Because they suck. <laughs> I actually have nothing against the Mets. The Swedish meatballs. Ouchie! Yeah, the, the, they all look exactly the same. They all have blonde hair and blonde mustache. They all still, sort of look like Hulk Hogan, too. Because steroid injections are mandatory? Well, I wasn't thinking of steroids. It just meant, you know... Well, the one that where his helmet fell off, he was bald with the hair down around his bald spot. Sort of looked like Hulk Hogan. Mm. Uh, the Atlanta Braves... Another team that kept their name, but because Atlanta is a sunken city. The lost city of Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. They have, as their logo, instead of a tomahawk, it's a trident. And that's actually not, uh, doesn't get picked up on until we see, uh, was it Hank Aaron the 24th or something like that? When we uh, visit the Hall of Fame. That's right, and Hank Aaron, of course, is a pretty a uh, big guest character in this episode, voiced by Hank Aaron himself. I was better than great. I was the home run king. And uh, also a guest star was Bob Ewaker. And I think you can explain how oh. how that came to be. Yeah, well, um, Bob Ewaker and Hank Aaron were actually teammates. I I didn't know this before, but uh, they said they had that in the commentary that they were teammates. And they initially asked Hank Aaron to appear on the show, but he refused them. And then they they got Bob Euchre on the show, and then Bob Euchre got Hank Aaron because apparently they're they're good friends, good buddies. And he got uh, Hank Hank Aaron to get on the show. There's he has a line where he drinks out of the head of uh, Wade Boggs, oh, yeah. head in a jar of Wade Boggs, and he goes Wade Boggs. Goes down smooth. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, he was recording his lines in, in a hurry and probably had no idea what the hell he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Especially that Wade Boggs line. That has no context whatsoever. Yeah. But it sounded like a good sport. Said all his lines came up pretty good. He was the home run king. That's right. When he does the voice of actually Oh, himself. yes, when he, when he plays himself, the head of Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. Hank Aaron, the 24th, is the worst Blurns ball player in history. No, second worst at the end of this episode. And who's the worst? 
Leela. But she tries hard. She did. She almost got an out, but she came up against another notable player, Jackie Anderson. Why is Jackie Anderson notable? Of course, a reference to Jackie Robinson, the first black player. Yeah. Um, and uh, baseball. Jack, yeah, baseball. Jackie Anderson being the first woman to play the sport well. I think that's the because uh, Lilo was the first woman, but she sucked. Yeah. Did not get a single out. Now Blurns Ball, we we had a question about Blurns Ball. Baseball is the you get the name from the bases that you run around. So how'd you figure that out? How'd I figure that out? <laughs> I looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, Blurns Ball. So what is a blurn? Because we. I mean, when you watch uh, a Blurns Ball game on Futurama, it's not very clear what a Blurn is. And actually, uh, it's it's really confusing because a Blurn seems to represent any number of things. Mm -hmm. Well, if it was a base, I guess the difference between a bl If the Blurn was the base, right, you know, a, an exact translation, air quotes, when there's the multi-ball and the bases explode... Blurn could mean exploding base. That's true. Now, how did the actual term come to be just in the creative oh, process? Oh, right, right. Well, um, this was apparently back in the first season. They had a tight production schedule. And uh, they basically, as a joke, I suppose, unless they really were serious about it, I don't know, they added an eighth day to the production schedule and they named it Blurn's Day. And that's where the name Blurn's Ball comes from, hmm. officially. The more you know. That's an FF. Fun fact. But uh, I prefer to think that Blurns Ball is actually a playable sport. I mean, I'm sure you could get a, an elastic tether attached to a ball and, and find a way to play Blurns Ball in real life and make it a, a reality once uh, the year 3000 comes along. Definitely. You should work on that. Well, what else could a Blurn be? Well, I guess... Uh, they call a, a, a Grand Slam Blurn, you know, when you hit it in the sign, right? We talked about that. Maybe a Blurn is also a run, the equivalent. So, yeah, a, a Blurn is a score. It has pretty much a broad definition. I guess that's probably a good, good reason why to call it Blurn's Ball. It applies to everything. There. We solved it. This episode brought to you by Family Rose Pizza. You've tried the rest, now we're open. Ah, Wade Boggs goes down smooth. As a pitcher, I serve up plenty of bean balls, so I know good beans when I see them. Bean Bay Beans, they're the beaniest. Remember, fans, this exciting moment is brought to you by Month Old Franks, the hot dogs with experience. Mm -mm. Okay, so back to the, our focus episode, Alila of her own. It was a good episode. What did you think of the episode? Well, to be honest, um, I, well, I liked the episode once it got to the Blurns Ball point, but I thought, you know, the uh, the Family Bros pizza was kind of kind of dragged a little bit. I Like, honestly, if, if that was the whole focus of the episode, it probably would have been a terrible episode. I, you know, I'm, I, uh, I, I liked the, the Signoids part and the, the Family Bros pizza. There was, there was some funny jokes with them. Uh, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I like the jokes. Like, yeah. there, was, there were some good ones, but I, I, I think that, they, I, I don't know, it just 
dra- it, it could have dragged on a lot longer, so I'm glad that it didn't. It was a good stepping point into the Blurns Ball yeah. focus. Uh, apparently, uh, Signoids, they live on Cygnus. Yeah. But Signoid is spelled S-I-G-N-O-I-D, but Cygnus is spelled C-Y-G-N-U-S. Yeah. Anyways, apparently their summers are called Simmers. Simmers. C-Y. Enjoy a nice simmer on Cygnus. Mm-hmm. And there are Signoid versions of human celebrities. We had Marilyn Monroe uh, posters uh, and pictures in, in Hung in the Restaurant. Yeah, now these, you had noticed these. I missed them. I, well, I mean, I, I saw that there were posters but I, or pictures, but I didn't really pay attention to them. So where I'm, did you get the, the list of names? I'm all about the background jokes. Oh, I know that. Where did I get the list of names? Yeah. Did you just pick them out yourself? Yeah, I just picked them out. I thought one of them looked like Elton John. He was colorfully dressed, uh, sitting at a piano. You thought... I thought maybe it was Billy Joel, because it's the hair that really, uh, you know, like, I'm thinking, you know, piano man type of thing. Mm. That's where I thought Billy Joel, but I don't... I would have to look at a picture of Billy Joel, and I don't really plan on doing that anytime soon. Yeah, been there, done that. So also on the Signoids, apparently from the commentary, they said they were going to originally have six legs, but of course they play a game of Blurns Ball against the Planet Express crew, and they thought that wouldn't be human enough to play Blurns Ball. Yeah, uh, or it would, I think it also was easier to draw... They still look like the alien race, though. That was really yeah. good. So more about that episode. Um, Leela's product endorsements. Oh, yeah. Those were funny. They're, They're, oh, was it? Bean Bay Beans. Bean Bay Beans. They're the beaniest. And then, of course, the uh, Mexican version of Bean Bay Beans. Bean Bay Frijoles. Yeah, and uh, in the commentary, they, they mentioned that... Um, that they didn't have a translation of beaniest into Spanish, which makes sense, because I don't think beaniest is a word in English, in any language. Um, so they, they named it basically the bean of kings or something like that, is what it translates to. That's pretty good. And also Leela had uh, an autograph signing where you could go to the Family Bros Pizza restaurants, bring in your 8 by 10 of Leela and oh, get it yes. signed. $5 an autograph for a uh, courtesy of Bender. So there's also a background joke when they're when Leela's signing autographs. A little girl brings up a Sports Illustrated magazine and on the cover, Leela's on the cover, of course, and it says, Leela's beans, the Mets' magical fruit. <laughs> and that's you know what that's in reference to? Yes, beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. I don't know the rest of it. The more you toot, the happier you'll be. The more you toot, the healthier you'll be. So I had a a best line from the episode. Okay. It was when uh, the professor's being kind of racist and stubborn about the signoids. And uh, the line is, Society's never going to make any progress until we all learn to pretend to like each other. (laughs) So do you have a funniest line for this episode? Yeah, well, it's not a line. It's more of a, a, an elaborate gag. Actually, there is a line that goes with it, but they're uh, in the locker room following a game, and you see uh, all the all the athletes uh, with 
those black sensor bars blocking, you know, the indecent parts. <laughs> the naked parts. Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, Bender walks in and accidentally unplugs this generator that says the black bar generator. And all the black bars disappear and they all rush to cover up. And then there's the one player who just stands there. He says, I win. Yeah. And there's no other reference to that. But he mostly it was the uh, the black bar generator. That's pretty what is he referring to when he raises his fist triumphantly and says, I win? <laughs> I, well, up to our imagination, I guess. I think he was referring to his manscaping. <laughs> Uh, perhaps. That's our podcast for this week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve Gower. I'm Mike Merceril. And stay tuned to Futuramapedia. Alright. I'm just gonna stare at you until, until I you say, say something. something. Alright, Mike. So, now I'm gonna talk. <laughs> Is there anything else you liked about that episode? Um, nope, that was it. Thrilling <laughs> <laughs> podcast. You know what's interesting though? I tried really hard not to say ass last episode when we were talking about the slurm queen. Yeah. Holy shit. Did <laughs> you see that? He jumped like right over the handle, or over the arm of the futon. Good job. Hi, Pa. Steve looks at a lot of pictures of Billy Joel. Back when he was a teenager, he had posters of Billy Joel on the wall. Untrue. Because it's one, two, three strikes here out of the Burns ball game. Come on, girls. So this is the first time ever we have fans, a live audience. If you didn't hear that, she referred to, she said, I would call us guests, not fans. Uh, I just wanted to talk about butt pats. Pats on the butt. Oh, dude!